We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to the Transformative Principal Podcast, where we learn how to be an amazing educational leader. I am your host, Jethro Jones. Are you ready to be a transformative principal? I'm looking for about 10 people who are ready to do what it takes to lead with integrity, find balance, and take your school to the next level. If you're looking to improve your leadership in a measurable way, go to transformativeprincipal.org slash mastermind to see if you qualify to join a group of like-minded people who are ready to be the best principals in the country. Welcome to the Transformative Principal. I am so excited to have James Sturdivant on the show today. He's awesome teacher out in Ohio, and we're going to be talking about his book, Hacking Engagement. And in the first half of this interview, we're going to talk specifically about how to engage on three different fronts. And then in the second half next week, we're going to talk more about how to do some good storytelling and how to get focused there and present things well to your students. Talk a little bit about flipping your classroom also. Thanks so much for listening. And if you haven't had a chance yet, please share this with somebody who could use the information here at transformativeprincipal.org. There's about 150 other awesome interviews with fantastic leaders. So please check it out. And thanks so much for listening to Transformative Principal. Welcome to the Transformative Principal podcast. I'm so excited to have James Sturdivant here on the podcast with me. He is the author of the book, Hacking Engagement, which I hope you'll check out. There's a link to it in the show notes. Also the host of the Hacking Engagement podcast, where he talks to people about hacking engagement. And James, you took kind of a different approach to writing your book and including a podcast kind of as a companion piece. Do you want to well, maybe we should get to know you a little bit first. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about who you are and what you do. Sorry, sometimes yeah, sure. just jump in. That's all right, man. I'm talking to Jethro Jones tonight from uh, Ohio, from the Buckeye State, uh, flyover country. I live just outside of Columbus, Ohio. Jethro, this is year 32 for me uh, as a high school teacher, which is hard to fathom. I, I teach social studies. I teach geography to freshman kids. And then I have a master's degree in history from Ohio State University. So that permits me 
to teach dual enrollment classes to seniors and juniors, and that's a college class at the high school level. So I actually have a college class in my high school classroom, which is really cool. And so um, that is cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm married. I have uh, three kids. I have a grandchild. What else you want to know? <laughs> you know, that's. I think that's a pretty good introduction. <laughs> what is pretty cool is that. I wouldn't have guessed that you have been teaching for 32 years because you uh, you sound like you're you're just on the upswing of learning how to do things when I listen to your podcast. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. And, and I think I have a young-sounding voice. You sure do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, have a vo- I have a face that was made for podcasting, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, me too. That's not common. <laughs> Okay, so talk a little bit about how you're doing the the podcast in line with your book and how those two things are incorporated because I think that's a pretty fascinating thing. And then we'll talk about what the book is, but let's start there. Sure. So um, I wrote a book a couple years ago called uh, You've Got to Connect, which is all about forging strong relationships with students. And I'm thinking, how in the world can I get anybody to buy this book? I'm just this obscure social studies teacher from central Ohio. And I thought, I like to listen to podcasts. Maybe I should try to get on some education podcasts. So I just went on iTunes and started looking at those and, and you know, sent out my information to some folks. And they were like, yeah, we're looking for a guest. Come on on. And from that moment, the moment I was on my first podcast, I was on Jennifer Gonzalez's uh, podcast, The Cult of Pedagogy. Great podcast. I was like, this is so much fun. Great podcast. Yeah. And then I went on Brian Stabnick's Talks with Teachers podcast and, and just really had a great time on these podcasts. So those podcast appearances opened doors for me. I became exposed to some people I, I never would have met. And uh, I got on this boxer group with Brian Stabnick and Jen Gonzalez and a lot of these really cool people. And a number of them said, Jim, you want to do your own podcast. And I thought, that sounds like a lot of work. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to add more to my plate right now. Yeah. And then this great guy from Cleveland, Ohio, just up the road from me, his name's Mark Barnes. He and I start yakking back and forth on Foxer. And Brian Stabnick and Mark Barnes are telling me, Jim, you got to do a podcast. you got a great voice. you gotta, you got to try this out. Before I bit on that bait, I'm writing this book, Hacking Engagement, for Mark Barnes. And I don't really remember. We talk all the time. I don't remember if it was him or me just said, you know, you ought to maybe turn some of these hacks into podcast episodes. I think that might have been his suggestion. I don't really remember. But I thought, what the heck? I've had a couple people telling me I should try this. I'm going to try it. And then this I will take credit for. I said, hey, Mark, what would happen if we put some QR codes in the book which linked certain hacks to podcast episodes? Someone's reading a hack in the book, and they're thinking, that's interesting. I'd like to earn, learn more. They click on a QR code, and all of a sudden they're listening to more. So that's what I think uh, is kind of unique about my book. Yeah, I, I love that approach because we're living in a much different age and books can become so much more powerful. A few weeks ago, I interviewed Mark Sheverton, who's the author of a bunch of Minecraft books. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how he is planning on teaching kids how to write using Minecraft as a as a basis for the storyline and how he wants to like really help kids learn how to write and become passionate about it and give them some self-confidence through doing that. And what a a fascinating medium to be able to 
connect with an author deeper than just the written word and yeah. go go a little bit further. So I was perusing the review copy that you sent me of the book and mm-hmm. and linked to a to a podcast episode and just thought that was so cool how that thing that you're talking about in hacking engagement I could really get more from and have a launching point to further my understanding, which I think is just a great idea. And so I just I think you definitely should take credit for that and own it and, <laughs> and just go on with it. So thanks, Jethro. <laughs> I will. No problem. <laughs> Good. So you know, I think when we think about engagement with our students, most things are not really revolutionary as far as like how do mm-hmm. we engage our kids. What is the big picture of engaging students, and and what advice would you have for? new teachers coming into the profession on how to right. how to engage our students and for older teachers who may not be up with technology what's your your overall big picture of what engagement looks like how do you get in with the kids well you know i i think what you said's true i mean obviously you're not going to read my book hacking engagement and think oh wow you know that's i've never heard that before yeah. although there'll be some of those but I think that you need to make engagement a priority for crying out loud. I mean, I can tell you that in education, we become so fixated on we have to cover this content. And that's totally understandable. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on teachers to have their kids perform on standardized tests. But just take a step back and think about this for a minute. The old Charlie Brown cartoon with the teacher's voice in the background. It sounds like some mechanical malfunction. I think everybody's familiar with that. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, you know? yeah. It doesn't matter what you do in the classroom. You might have the best lesson plan. You might have pedagogy down. I mean, you might have the content down cold. But if they're not engaged, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. No. And mm-hmm. I don't think in the planning stages for lessons that teachers think, okay, what can I do to engage them? That, that should be right up there with the essential questions. That should be as important. So I think the first thing that you have to understand is it's just a dispositional thing. You have to just take the attitude that I have to make sure I engage these kids. Otherwise, they're not going to get it. Yeah, they're not. And if they're not engaged in it, it doesn't matter how good your content is or how exciting it is to you. If they can't be engaged in it, then... That that just doesn't matter. So you know, I, and and let me follow up just a little bit on that. This is an interesting this is an interesting conversation I've had with a lot of people. Many teachers that I talk to will say, "Well, you know, a lot of people confuse engagement with compliance." And I was totally unprepared for that when I did my research for this book, but I heard it over and over again. In other words, if if I come in as a teacher and I ask the students to do X and they comply, and they do X, you might say, wow, they're engaged. That just means they're compliant. It doesn't mean that they're engaged. And so I think sometimes there's this confusion about what engagement is. It's not just compliance. It means that they're leaning in. I like to think of it as grabbing your students by the virtual lapels, having them lean in and want to listen and be passionate about what you're teaching. That's that's what engagement is to me. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And that sounds really cool. But I mean, you're a social studies teacher and you may love history, but that doesn't mean your kids do. So right, they you don't. Gotta, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. they're like, how do I just get college credit for this teacher? <laughs> so what are some of the strategies you use to like make them to grab your students by the virtual lapels? Like, what do you do when it really comes down to it? Okay. I attack this problem of engagement on three fronts. The first one is tech tools. The next one is those relationships, bonding with students. And the third one is just basic teaching strategies. And so I'm going to give you a little example on each one. Now, I've been through a lot of professional development in my my time as a teacher. And a lot of times we get these big tech tool dumps. <laughs> we, get, we get bombarded with these tech tools that we have to use. 50 tools in 50 minutes. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing. I have the same, I'm very, I am, I am welcoming of technology, but I have the same reaction. Oh my gosh, here's another, here is another username. Here is another password. Here's another thing I got to try to figure out. And a lot of times, these tools you're going to use in one lesson. So you put in all this effort to use something once, and then you use it maybe a month later or maybe the next semester, and it just doesn't seem like the, the trade-off is there. So in my book, what I focused on were tech tools that you're going to use on a regular basis, tech tools that are easy to figure out, tech tools that will act like a great hook for kids. And I'm going to give you an example right now. It's Voxer. Voxer is the way you and I, I wouldn't be on this podcast right now, Jethro, if it weren't for our relationship on Voxer. That is correct. You and I met on Voxer. Hacking engagement wouldn't exist if it weren't for a relationship I had with a publisher called Mark Barnes, whom I met on Voxer. Now, your listener might be thinking, okay, this old guy likes Voxer, so what? (laughs) In my research for this book, I interviewed Debbie Olson, fascinating teacher from Long Island, New York, third grade teacher. And so I was just throwing out some feelers. Hey, tell me something you do in class to engage students. She came back to me and said, Voxer, it's the 21st century walkie-talkie. It turned my reluctant third grade readers, male readers, into obsessive readers. <laughs> I'm like, how'd you do that? And so what she did is she introduced this little app on their phones, and they became obsessed with it. And all of a sudden, her students were collaborating, there's that wonderful word, outside of school about classwork that was assigned and about reading assignments. And, and that was just utter magic. And I sat there and I listened to her and I thought, this is a great idea. I'll try it with my older kids, my high school students. It had the same effect. I, will, I have these little literature circles in class. And, and these kids interact with one another on Voxer outside of school. And what I'm amazed by is how much they interact with each other, how much they interact with me when I grade research papers. If I have a question, I'll Vox them. They box right back. They respond to those boxes faster than emails or texts. It is absolutely something that young people just glom onto. So that's a good example of a tech tool that I highlight in the book. And and Jethro, I probably use this four times a week in class. I mean, I use it all the time. So my focus when talking about tech tools are things that you're going to use over and over and over again. As far as relationships go, I'm going to tell you a a story that I tell in the introduction of the book that I bet resonates with your listener. I was in college. I'm a humanities guy, humanities major. You were talking about, well, that works for you in history. Check this out. I had to take a science class. (laughs) Oh, death now. That's awful. (laughs) And I thought, this is just going to destroy my my GPA. This, This is just going to mess it up terribly. 
So I looked on the schedule and took the easiest class that I could take, which was geology. We called it Rocks for Jocks. I go into geology the first day, just dreading the whole experience, just thinking, oh, boy, this is going to be terrible. In walks this professor. This is 1980. This is back when professors dressed up. He's wearing jeans and a flannel shirt. He's about five foot four. <laughs> he has a beard that hangs below his collarbones. And this is how he starts the class. He goes, you know, teaching geology has gotten me into a lot of trouble in my marriage. <laughs> and, so we're thinking, and so we're thinking, what's this guy talking about? Where's this going? He goes, well, see, to me, uh, a million years is like a blink of an eye. So it's really hard for me to be excited about being five minutes late to pick up my wife. So all of a sudden, this guy, who, who I thought would just be as boring as a rock, was hilarious. And I would come in every day and he would greet me and say something bizarre to me. And I got to be in that class. It didn't implode my grade point average. My relationship with this guy motivated me, engaged me in that class. Now, I'll bet you your listener has a memory of a time when they went into a class thinking, oh, this is going to be an awful experience and ended up having a very positive experience because some cool teacher reached out to them. That's the power of engagement, of bonding with engagement. And I talk a lot about certain tactics you can utilize to build those bonds stronger. And then finally, just basic strategies. I'll give you one. And this deals with math. Hallelujah, math. Teachers fail to realize just how powerful storytelling is in class. And it's free and it can be done in any subject. So I tell the story in this book about this uh, algebra teacher who tells the backstory of an algebraic equation and then challenges the kids to solve the problem. And the story's fascinating. And and rarely would you think of telling a story about an algebraic equation, the teacher should do that on a regular basis. So there's three examples right there, sir. Yeah. And, you know, I, I like how that gives a nice overview of the book and those things can be used together. They can be used all alone. But, you know, really, obviously, you got to have relationships with your kids. They got to trust that you're going to be doing something worthwhile with them when you're doing things. So, you know, one of the strategies that that I liked was the uh, prepare for 10 and then teach for 10 or something <laughs> like that. And I I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was the, the, the problem was that teachers talk too much. And I was like, yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. So... Yeah, you do, man. <laughs> we love it, and we love what we're talking about. So, yeah, it makes sense, but it's not really helpful to the kids. So, talk a little bit about about that strategy and and how that works. Sure. Well, I was tapped to teach this college class to my my high school students. I was really reluctant to do it because I remember being an undergrad, and I love history, Jethro. But I remember being in these lecture halls for fifty minutes. You know, my attention span is not 50 minutes. And these guys would stand up, brilliant professors, and talk for 50 minutes solid. Mm -hmm. I can remember thinking, and this was back when I was, you know, just a young undergrad. Heck, I could just read what he's saying. I mean, there's got to be a more active way to learn. So I put on the 10-minute rule. And what I found is if I'm talking more than 10 minutes solid, and I consider myself an engaging storyteller, I'll start to lose them. I know that, man. I know that that's the case. And in the years of my career, it has gotten harder because attention spans have shrunk. 
There's no question about it. So you have got to change it up. You have got to get to the point and move on. And 10 minutes is still a long time. You can tell a great story. You, you can promote a great message in 10 minutes. But, you know, if you start to see him fading, boy, you got to read that body language and shift gears. You just have to. Hey, that was a pretty great interview with uh, James. Really cool to talk to him and, and learn from him. And if you aren't listening to his podcast, Hacking Engagement, you definitely should. Be sure to check out the show notes at transformativeprinciple.org. And then just search for James Sturdivant in the search box on who do you want to learn from. And you'll go right to his uh, show notes. So thanks so much for listening. And uh, please share this with your friends. And if you could leave a review in iTunes, that would be a great help. Thank you so much. Transformative Principle is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.